You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello, and do we have a great show in store for you. My name is Rick Franzi, and you're listening to Orange County's longest running business talk show, Adrian Garcia, who is CEO of FinCom, is our guest. Adrian, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rick, for having me. Uh, excited to be here and add one more count to that long running history of yours. I'm excited to have you here as well, my friend. Uh, let's get right into it. So your latest business, FinCom, has been a little over two years. And I'm wondering, take us back. What was your original motivation to decide to start FinCom? Um, well, so the uh, theme throughout my life has been to uh, help as many people as possible to have a positive experience. So I've always wanted to uh, leave more positivity behind in this world um, than was here when I came into it. And that's been my goal, my one North Star um, since I can remember. Um, so I started with engineering and I thought I can, you know, help a lot of people if I create advanced engineering materials to say help with uh, storing renewable energy in a uh, sustainable fashion. And that would help us, you know, with energy. So I became an engineer. I went to a PhD to do material sciences and engineering. And um, as I was writing my thesis, uh, which was late 2018, I kept getting a bunch of spam phone calls. This was a period when spam phone calls were coming in at about five to six billion spam phone calls a month in the United States. So it was very distracting for me since I had to have my uh, phone on loud so that I could hear any email that my professor was sending me because we were constantly reviewing. So I couldn't turn my phone off or anything like that. Uh, and I just got to the point where I thought, wow, this is such a problem. And I've dealt with spam before, but I'm surprised it's still happening. So I took two weeks off to go and focus on that problem for a bit, study it, research it, and see all the solutions. And um, eventually came to the conclusion that um, it's the economic incentive that drives bone spam. And until you can address the economic incentive, you're never going to get rid of the problem. You're just going to make it take different forms and evolve. So uh, let's address that. Um, and I found this interesting way that um, I ended up patenting. And it's a really simple, straightforward thing where you, someone who doesn't know you has to give you five cents to ring your phone and they get the five cents back. If the call lasts more than 25 seconds, they lose the five cents if the call is less than 25 seconds because you hung up early. Um, so that, that was the first iteration there of what eventually became FinCom. And it started out of this uh, want to address uh, the phone spam problem. And then I gravitated towards that because I realized everyone has a phone and everyone gets spam. And it's not just limited to phone calls, but it happens in emails and it happens in tech. And it's going to happen in every form of digital communication that exists. So if I can solve this problem and make it better, then I can address everyone that's connected to the Internet. And to me, that's the way to help as many people as possible. So I gravitated toward that. And that's how that came out. What a simple, don't hear this the wrong way, because I think some of the best ideas are the easiest to understand. So what a what a clear and simple idea you had to solve what is a vexing problem. I think you're right. The, uh, as long as there's the financial incentive and the reward, the behavior will change, but it'll still be the annoying behavior of interruption marketing and people trying to reach you. So uh, that's fantastic. We'll, we'll come back to a little bit about the business model in a few minutes, but um, how long did it take you 
from the time you launched it till you felt like, oh yeah, I've got a business that I can scale and it's going to thrive. And you know, th this is, I made the right decision. Um, so I, I would say that, uh, I, I had the good fortune to work on this problem throughout the PhD since mm -hmm. I could, um, I integrated it into an entrepreneurship for engineers class that I was taking in spring of 2019. Um, I ended up putting the provisional patent out around the same time for this concept of mine. Um, and after I graduated with the PhD, um, I, you know, formed the company and 10 days later started running this thing and trying to get it off the ground. So September 21st, 2019 is when I started and it took about two months before I realized like, oh, I really have something here. And that was because I did this test where I, uh, I found a list of people's phone numbers who start with the 949 area code. And it just so happened to land in my lap somehow. And I thought, hey, I'm going to run a little test here where I uh, see if I can get people to answer the phone at a higher rate if they know they're going to be rewarded to answer. So I did this test where I sent out 100 text messages. And I um, uh, so I, I did 100 cash calls and 100 cold calls. So 100 cold calls is fine, right? You just make calls like normal. Um, and then I did 100 cash calls. And uh, what I did with the cash call was I sent a text message 20 minutes before the time of the call. And it said, hey, if you answer this call in 20 minutes, you're going to get paid 25 cents a minute, 50 cents a minute, 75 cents a minute. So this was my first AV test. And um, the 50 cents a minute ended up answering at a 121% increase rate as compared to cold calls. So that's when I thought, okay, well, if I can double pickup rates, I can sell this to people who know how to continue the conversation and get their foot in the door and continue to engage and get feedback from somebody. So uh, it looks valuable just to get you to answer the phone. Maybe it'll work for email, maybe it'll work for text, but something's here and I, I'm going to explore it. So that's kind of when I thought that, okay, this is this is worth my time. So it's it's been my, that's great, creative. I wish we had more time. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more with you. Maybe we'll come back to it, Adrian. But um, so it's been my sense that starting a business is the hardest thing to do in business because the world doesn't know it needs what you're offering. And there takes a lot of energy on the part of the entrepreneur to get this thing, get any kind of momentum behind a business idea, generally speaking. But I'm wondering, over the two plus years you've been in business, was there a time when you um, felt kind of a scarcity, like I, I may not be able to bring this business to fruition or fully to fruition because of some either externality or internals with the business or something that caused you some level of concern about the operations? Um, the closest thing we have to that would be nearly running out of money. Um, and that was toward the end of uh, 2020 or so. It was, I think, around the time when the COVID shutdown started to happen. Mm -hmm. um, those, yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, so, I mean, but the thing is, I, I had been bootstrapping it from the beginning. So I put a, a, a decent sum of money into it over the course of, you know, the time when I was running it. Um, and I just... I didn't really pay attention to the money that much. Like I didn't realize how much I put into the business until like a year and a half in. And and then when I look back and I, I actually take a glance and say, oh, this is how close we came to running out of money. We were really close. We were like two, three months away from, you know, me diluting all my fundings and savings. But then um, something changed in the market. I got a little bit more, um, you know, the uh, value of my uh, investment increase. And I was able to continue um, investing in, you know, the IP investing in the dev teams and things like that so that was the closest we came i don't think we had like a serious moment yet um 
But I can foresee something like that happening. I mean, I'm sure it happened multiple times throughout the life of a startup. We're, I'm sure. Uh, I don't wish that on anyone. I certainly don't wish that on you. Um, we're talking with Adrian Garcia. He is the CEO of FinCom. So let's go a little deeper on the business and the business model. But I want to start with an easy one, which is tell me the genesis of the name FinCom. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, initially we started off calling ourselves RoboCash, and um, that was because oh, RoboCall. You can get cash for your RoboCalls. We'll do RoboCash, and um, you know that kind of limited it to you know it, it just it just felt too limiting, and so um, we ended up uh, initially calling our mobile app RoboCash, and then we pivoted that name to Karma Call, and um, from there we realized that we wanted to be more sophisticated and. Um, more communicative of the core underlying technology and thesis that we built our business off of, which is this idea of financial communications. And our IP, the core IP that runs our business that we've got a patent on, is ultimately based on the idea of transferring some value to somebody and either returning that value or keeping it. And that return, that trigger, is based on either time or action. So it's really just the movement of some value from one unknown party to another one, and then either the return of that value or increased value. So if a business calls you and uh, gives you five cents and expect to get that five cents back, but at the same time, they're willing to pay 25 cents a minute to continue talking to you and you're willing to accept that, that's the business model that we ended up incorporating into our patent. And so it all came down to moving uh, little pieces of value with messaging. And so financial communication. And then we just went and found that um, FinCom with the F-Y-N-C-O-M was available for $6. So we ended up buying that. Uh, we tried to get the F-I-N-C-O-M, but that was impossible. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how we started. You know, um, a good friend of mine helped me uh, like point down to the bare, bare atomistic, you know, the, the one thing that we do different than everyone else. And so we wanted that to be in our name. And so that's how FinCom Financial Communications was born. Yes, and I love the evolution of the name. So that, again, I'm sure the entrepreneurs that are listening either today on one of our streaming live platforms or as a podcast, they will probably connect with the idea that you evolve your name around kind of a, a more appreciative understanding of the business problem that you're solving. But take me back now to the business model, Adrian, because I want to make sure I'm clear on how that is set up. So I know it's technology based and I know that you've protected it with a patent. So it's good to have a moat. And that's I, I applaud you for that. What is the inherent business model that underpins FinCom success? Uh, yeah, it's a cost per attention, cost per response. Um, so the way that we make money is you only pay us a commission when someone responds to your outbound email, call, text, or otherwise engages with this digital trigger you have. Like it could be a simple click of a link. But the point of it is that we create this financial platform that allows you to hook into any existing communication platform, any email platform, any anything that exists like that, uh, we can attach a value to it. So if someone responds to you, we get 30% of whatever you gave to them. So if you're giving someone a dollar to respond to you, you're gonna be paying a dollar 30 because we get 30 cents of that. And that scales down with um, volume, uh, but that's the crux of our business model. So I'm gonna give you what I'm hearing and point me in the right direction if I'm vectoring off of center, okay? What it sounds like to me is 
it gives the opportunity for the marketing firm to believe that their message will resonate with their prospect enough to offer a financial incentive to the person they're contacting to engage them in a conversation. Is that the essence of the business? Yes, that's right. So product uh, product marketing teams typically are looking to get more feedback on new features or old features. Um, outbound sales teams are looking to get their foot in the door and just get this person to meet with them. Um, engagement marketing, where you want people to uh, forward this email to their friend or spread your message around a little bit. All these are you know, actions that could potentially uh, help you get insight into your business or um, get more eyeballs in front of you. So if I'm on the receiving end of a, of a firm who believes I want to have an engagement with them, regardless of the nature of it, am I made aware that there's a financial opportunity for accepting that invitation, either a call, email, text message? It really depends. Um, it really depends. The way that we do it right now, it, we make you aware of it subtly, subtly, I don't know how to pronounce subtly. That's a weird word. Um, we make you aware of that, but we don't tell you how much you're going to get rewarded yet, just yet. Um, other okay. firms are very explicit about it. We have a couple of marketing agencies working with us, and they're very explicit about it. in the subject line. You'll see get 25 cents to book a meeting with me, get a dollar to uh, you know complete this call with me. Um, it depends on what the business on their strategy, basically. So it, you might not be aware that you're going to get rewarded or you might be fully aware of it. And if I accept that engagement and then is the meter running on the person who's willing to pay me? I mean, in other words, if 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 we have a substantive conversation conversation that lasts longer than a couple than a minute or something, is there a greater financial commitment that the that the service that's reaching out to me is paying you paying through? You um, so it, it really depends on what the service is willing to pay you. And the easiest way to think about this is just in terms of an email chain. So if you're constantly getting bombarded with email, uh, but you notice this one that says, hey, you'll get rewarded instantly if you respond to this email. And um, then, yeah, with the moment you respond to that one email, you'll get that one payout that is allocated for that one response. Um, but this can get quite complicated with email sequences that are you know, set up to give you five or six different emails and you can get increasing values if you uh, make it to the fourth or fifth or sixth email because you qualified yourself. Um, and so on the other flight, if you think about it, answering a phone call, the way we did it was just uh, cents per minute. So, you know, 50 cents a minute, a dollar a minute, that kind of thing. Other firms might want to do $5 for a 10 minute phone call. Uh, the values and triggers that you set can get quite complex and complicated. So, um, yeah, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. Okay. And then did I hear you say that FinCom is an app? Um, so it currently has a couple of web interfaces for you to interact with. So for our customers, they go to dashboard.fincom.com to set okay. up their rewards campaigns and um, create a campaign, uh, decide how much value is going to go to anyone who responds to a message from that campaign. Uh, our, our users receiving uh, and they go to app.fincom.com and it's just like a web app basically. And so that's where they go to sign in with their emails or phone numbers and uh, cash out their uh, rewards. So um, they can purchase $5 gift card or withdraw their reward to their own cryptocurrency account and cash out to a bank account through an exchange. 
I'm glad we've had a chance to kind of diagnose and you've walked me through the business model because I have a deeper appreciation now for the incentives that are there because the the incentives are really to me as the recipient to engage with someone that's reaching out to me. And that, and that is what you said earlier, which is there is a financial incentive that causes people to uh, have a behavior. And that's where that comes in. Then that's the that's the psychology, the human psychology of of that underpins FinCom's business model. Yes, social engineering, good stuff, right? So, yeah. um, is there a target demographic or psychographic for the type of person who would be most likely to find value in the proposition that you're presenting to them? Um, so, the folks that we have initially thought would find value are those that have a really high cost of customer acquisition. So anything above $200 or so, um, I've been speaking to some insurance firms that, uh, and, and solar um, energy companies that uh, have a cost of acquisition of about $1,000 or more. So with those folks, um, giving them the ability to reward somebody with $10 or even up to $50 to have a meeting with them and allow them to close that client um, makes perfect sense when they make a thousand to two thousand dollars for each person that they convert so if the ones that have a high cost of customer acquisition and a high long-term value are the ones who have thought of this as a no-brainer um and in general the industry that we're talking about here would be legal fintech SaaS, banking uh, insurance and yeah the, those are the top oh and then mortgage mortgage refinanciers as well yeah because uh I've had some subscription-based businesses on our program over the years. And one of the things that they've taught me, at least that I believe I've learned from that experience, is the further they go into the prospect pool, the more expensive it gets to acquire the next client. And that is many times the, the challenge of the model is, you know, the low-hanging fruit you build a business around, but as you go to scale it, it gets increasingly more expensive whether it's on Facebook or whatever the platform might be to entice the next set of clients to come in. This sounds like this, your offer at FinCom would be something that could be attractive to those businesses as well. That's what we're trying to explore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is great. So uh, FinCom and we'll give the links to their platform before the show ends, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested and hopefully some of you are, I I'm curious, where do you go, Adrian, to get access to peer entrepreneurs who have insight or experience that could help and benefit you as you plan the growth of your business and staying ahead of your competition? So uh, I initially was uh, a part of the Evo Nexus fintech incubator um so evo nexus was a two-year incubation or is a two-year incubation model where they take one percent of your company and in exchange they give you uh, uh office space and connection to entrepreneur entrepreneurs and resources and entrepreneurs and resident um at they had a campus right here right by uc irvine on the applied innovation campus mm. they had a little facility sure. there they stayed open to the most of covid and um, at, at some point in, I want to say January, earlier this year, they closed down the Orange County location. So I had to revamp to um, uh, uh, relocate to Westcliff Business University. And I'm here now part of the incubator. And so um, I've always kind of been in incubators where entrepreneurs uh, make it into these programs with their amazing ideas. And I get to talk and chat with them. Um, 
recently though, since the whole COVID thing happened, like, well, that's just kind of put a damper on that model, right? Um, but uh, I was fortunate enough last week to um, be notified of some founders event that, ha- that was happening in Riverside. And so I just dropped everything that we're doing and went to go to that founders event. I had to drive the traffic, which really sucked, but it was all good. I met some cool people there. And uh, one of them who I'm hoping to work with uh, at some point to help me on the sales side of things. So I tend to just go to events that are, you know, specifically marketed to founders, because that's where you meet a lot of cool, adventurous people that are trying to do wild things and have a different way of looking at the world. Um, and I only knew about that event because I went through a med tech uh, event where I met somebody out there who does a lot of sales and they let me know like what kind of event they're going to and um, which ones would be good to attend. So like I just made friends with people who make sales their life. And from there, I'm able to kind of know about what other events are happening around the area. So um, yeah, I would say like just finding every networking event you can and then attending those and just going and making friends with the people who are there to do sales, I guess. And uh, just like make friends with them and they'll tell you where to go, basically. That's what I did anyways. Well, and I love that, Adrian, because I believe, as I mentioned prior, I believe in the power of peer learning. I think experience is your best teacher in business, but some lessons are best learned vicariously through the experiences of others. And that's a stellar example of, you know, getting insight into an event or an opportunity that, you know, heretofore you weren't aware of. But as soon as you're made aware of it, you can choose to take action on it, which is what I find entrepreneurs do. It's bringing it from the unknown unknown into the known and then acting on it. So let's talk about FinCom and your vision for the future of your firm. Um, so the original idea that I ran with in the very beginning uh, that that motivated me was this, this long-term play that would take about five to six years or so to play out over time. And this is the concept that if I create a mobile app that um, lets everyone block any unknown calls and prevent any unknown calls from ring in your phone, unless there's a five cent deposit associated with that, then I can create sort of a walled garden where uh, anyone that's making outbound calls gets stopped at the wall unless they put five cents in. And to me, that spelled out a $230 billion global industry of uh, outbound communications and outbound call. Um, And from there, I thought, okay, well, if I can corner this market and give people a free app that lets them block any unknown call, give them the chance to get paid for blocking those calls, give them the chance to get paid even more for accepting a good call, then I can potentially corner this market and be the wall through which this money goes through and then you know do a little rent taking, a rent rent taking on the way through. So like take a little commission off of that. Um, and uh, I, I started going to the consumer side and saying, hey, there's this cool app called Karma Call. It pays you to block phone spam call. Um, and that could, potentially grow on its own, but it would be a lot easier if I just went to the businesses that are already doing these outbound calls, these outbound emails, text messages, they're investing billions of dollars into outbound and say, hey, how about I give you 300% more increase in your responses and you give a penny, 25 cents, a dollar to the people who you're messaging and get to get more conversation and more engagement and make it a two-way street would that be of interest to you? And if it is, and if it does like increase your response rate by 300%, which I ran a test on email that showed that it does, um, how did that look for your conversion rate? Like if you're getting 300% more responses, 
surely some of that's going to translate to more conversion, right? Sure. Uh, well, it's kind of an unproven theory, but it seems like yes. So if I can go to businesses and convince them that, hey, if you reward people to respond to you, you'll get way more engagement and you'll stand out from everyone else that's flooding their inboxes and you'll be the one that that consumer talked with. Then they'll spread the technology to the consumers and I can still achieve that goal, but achieve it much more quickly. Um, and the cool side is, in the end, it just creates more spam, right? Even though you're getting compensated for this message, it's eventually, if you think of a world where everyone, every incoming email, text message, phone call has some value associated, well, it just becomes spam, doesn't it? It's the same thing. There's some value associated, but it's still spam. So that's when my actual patent comes in. And at that point, you'll naturally want to say, well, okay, well, sure, this message has some value associated with it, but I don't want to even see this message until, unless it has a minimum of 50 cents associated with it or a minimum of a dollar a minute for me to take this call. Then I'll be interested in this interruption-based marketing, but I want that minimum there. And that's where our IP comes into play. And so that's that's the thing. Even if other people copy the uh, 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 you know ability to send rewards per responses, it's still all funneled through in the end to our IP. And the idea is to become the Visa or MasterCard of this response economy and give a uh, a ticker. This is how much it costs to get a response from somebody in phone call. This is how much it costs to get a response from somebody in email. This is how much it costs to get a response from somebody in this industry through email. Um, so we want to become like that sort of platform where everyone goes to to understand, okay, this is the average cost per response right now. And I want to get, you know, a thousand responses. So that's really yeah, that's a long term vision. No, that's fantastic. It's very uh, um, exciting. And you've already kind of thought several moves ahead and put some technology into place that, that kind of protects your future vision, too. So I give you a lot of credit for doing the proper planning in advance of the outcome. So that's fantastic. If someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn or learn more about FinCom online, how do they do that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you can go to FinCom.com and check out the four campaigns that we have on there. We have four live campaigns that reward you for engaging with them. Um, one's an email and three are video based that just asked you to put in the right answer based on what's in the video. Um, if you like that experience, then you can reach out to our team through fincom.com. If you have any questions for me specifically, you can reach me at adrian at fincom.com. Uh, but I have to warn you, uh, my, my team was looking at my inbox early today and I have 10,000 unread messages there. So no promises, <laughs> but that's how you can try. That's a big number, dude. 10,000. Wow. Yeah, I did. I, 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 yeah, I didn't even notice how much was in there until recently. Um, okay. But yeah, that's kind of why I got into the business to help prevent that kind of thing, or at least get me paid for each one of those emails. Yeah, either or. And you can also reach out to him on uh, LinkedIn. Some of you might be listening to us today live on LinkedIn. You can see his name there. If it's a podcast, his name is Adrian, and his last name is Garcia. So you can find him on LinkedIn that way as well here in Orange County, California. So I want to thank you for being a friend of the program and giving of your time and sharing your entrepreneurial journey with our audience today. I appreciate being here, Rick. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Gottlieb Brackman and Reisman proudly supported this edition of critical mass business talk show. GRRPC provides legal advice and guidance on all aspects of intellectual property law, including patents, trademarks, and copyrights to learn more, Visit them at grr.com. 
I'd like to thank you today, maybe listening to us live on the stream or in the future in one of our podcast platforms. You're a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. This was episode number 1,329. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, if we're not, I'm Rick Franzi. I spelled it R-I-C, Rick Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Coincidentally, that's also my website, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to meet, I hope that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.